after finding themselves near the bottom of the Western Conference just, what, two, three weeks ago, all hope was lost. Now it's four wins in five matches, unbeaten during this five-match stretch. 13 points in this five-match stretch. And now Minnesota United find themselves on points at the moment third in the Western Conference standings following a 2-0 home win versus a very, 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 very depleted D.C. United team at Allianz Field. But a win is a win is a win. You will take it any way you can get it. And Minnesota United definitely got it tonight. Wonderwall blurring through the speakers at Allianz Field and Loons fans going home happy after that huge win. What is up? My name is Jeremy Rushing here with you for the post-game show, Post Loons, presented by SodaSoccer.com. SodaSoccer.com, your new home for soccer coverage in the North. If you haven't checked us out, please do. SOTASoccer.com. If you want to contribute to our Patreon, you can. Tiers start at just $3. You can head over to Patreon.com slash SodaSoccer to help us out there. But it is time for the post-game show. It is time for another edition of Post Loons. So here's what you do. If you're listening on YouTube or listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, and you want to get involved in the conversation, go ahead and leave that question or comment in the chat. If you want to just chill and watch without contributing, that's fine too. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Make sure you tap that bell to be notified whenever we drop a new episode of Post Loons. And also, if you're watching on Twitter, and you want to get involved in the conversation, you'll have to go over to our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search Post Loon, search Soda Soccer. You'll find us there. That's where you can leave your questions and comments. But if you're watching on Twitter and you're just cool with hanging out, not really wanting to contribute to the conversation, that is fine too. We ask that you give us that like and retweet if you're watching over there on Twitter. But thank you so much for tuning in. Whether or not you're listening on Twitter or YouTube, doesn't matter. We are here to break down the big... 2 0 win for Minnesota United over DC United. Got a couple of questions already, or question, uh, not really questions, but comments in the chat already. Dave Valensky kicking things off. Dave, thanks for tuning in once again. He says, I'm glad we won, but we should have won this game 6 0. It looked like eighth graders going against college kids for most of the game. Yeah, this was a very, very down DC United team. I mean, you, you look at their record, worst record in the league, most goals allowed in the league heading into this one. And not only that, but the one bright spot. The one player they've been able to look to all season long is somebody to hang their hat on, the all-star, Taxi Fontes, out of the 18 completely for this one. Not sure what the deal was there, but I think Minnesota might have caught a bit of a break there. But either way, an already terrible D.C. United team down their best player. Uh, Yeah, they looked every bit of that against this game. Listless is the word that comes to mind when it comes to D.C.'s performance specifically. But as I mentioned, all in all, a big win for Minnesota. And then Justin Bergman says, what a fun game to watch. It's always fun when Allianz Field is rocking the way it was. I obviously was not there. I was here watching in my basement once again, but you could hear it through the broadcast, how loud Allianz Field was. It had that 2019 vibe to it. Um, But also all by all accounts of people who were there, you know, it was 19,000 strong. It was bumping. It was rocking. There was a little bit of, of, I guess, lack of uh, surety earlier in the season that Allianz Field would continue to have that buzz and have that vibe um, that things might have been trickling down a little bit. You know, there were some matches where there were only 13, 14,000 coming through the gates, albeit those were on pretty terrible weather nights as well. Um, so there was a, you know, it wasn't exactly sure what this summer was going to hold, 
from Minnesota United supporters, fans, what attendance and support would look like. But it's better when you win, and it's better when the weather's nice. And uh, both of those things, uh, you know, were checked in the right box tonight for Minnesota United's win. Um, not only a fun atmosphere, but obviously a fun game. Anytime you can win by multiple goals, get your first clean sheet in a very, very long time. All positive for Minnesota United moving forward. If you want to be like Dave or Justin, drop those questions and comments in the chat. Feel free to do so. But I'm going to kick things off like I always do with my three things. Now, you can drop your one thing, your two things, your three things in the chat, your big takeaways from the match. If you want to respond to mine, tell me how dumb I am. Tell me uh, how right or wrong you think I am in the chat. Feel free to do that as well. But my first thing is to the left, to the left. All of Minnesota United's pressure was to the left. The Loons pressured DC's defense relentlessly from the left-hand side tonight. It was Fragapane, Kamar Lawrence, even Luis Samaria was doing most of his damage from the left-hand side as well. Uh, Lawrence continues his fantastic run of form. He's got this like Roman Metinere-esque impact on the squad right now where he's able to get forward in the attack, send in cross after cross, but they're, they're not just... They're not just crosses to nobody. They're not just prayer crosses, which you don't want when you're a team like Minnesota United when you lack size in so many different areas in the pitch. You don't want to just be sending in a ton of crosses, hoping and praying they find a head. They have to be purposeful. They have to be intentional. They have to be picking somebody out specifically. That's exactly what Kamar Lawrence is doing. He's sending in high crosses. He's sending in low crosses. He's sending in centering passes from the left-hand side. He is doing so many great things in the attack right now. And I think guys like Fragapane, even Amaria at times tonight, they're sort of following his lead a little bit um, and how they're attacking the left side of the pitch. That was obviously the area where they thought they could do the most damage to DC United tonight. I thought it paid dividends. Not only do you get the two goals, but there were just so many quality chances generated from the left-hand side for Minnesota. It was very, very apparent that that's the, that's the area of the pitch they were looking to exploit. And I think they did so very, very well. Uh, my second thing is we're going to need a bigger crown for King Ray. Because my goodness, Reynoso was in full Emmanuel Reynoso form tonight. Two goals, amazing work on the ball finding openings to shoot in congested areas. It's now seven goals in seven matches after Reynoso's brace tonight. Um, he scored just two in the prior 14. For context, Reynoso has three matches in the last seven where he has scored two goals. He scored two total goals in the prior 14 leading up to that. Um, he has found his form. He has flipped the switch. He has found a way to just make himself available and, and 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 just get into that Reynoso form that we've known he's had. That's been that was the frustrating thing with Ray, I think, in the early portion of the season where he just was nowhere to be found. Is is you knew the potential, we've seen the potential, we've known how much impact he can have on this team and how much impact he needs to have on this team if they're going to have any success, right? And he has done so very very well. I mean, he's he's found it. He's obviously an all star. Um, he might play himself into into MVP contention. I mean, there there has been MVP talk for Reynoso in the past, but it's been more like watch list type stuff at the beginning of the season. You know, I I remember the beginning of the 2021 season specifically after you know just that great run he had at the end of 2020 into the playoffs with all those assists and creating all those chances. He was on pretty much everybody's MVP watch list at the beginning of 2021, and he just really didn't have the campaign to to back that up. 
2022 obviously started on a on a really really sour note for Ray from a quality standpoint, but he has picked it up big time. He's having his best best run of form that he's ever had with Minnesota United right now. So if he keeps this up and the Loons continue to get results and stay in that upper echelon of the West, they're third in the West on points right now. Um, if they're able to do that and Reynoso is able to keep that form up, I mean, he'll be back in the MVP conversation. He may not get it, but he'll be in that conversation by season's end. Um, and my third thing, you know, I'm a man. I, I, I will admit when I'm wrong about things, right? I'm, I'm not right 100% of the time. I'm wrong quite a bit. I admit I'm wrong in my marriage. I admit I'm wrong here on post loons when that happens three or four weeks ago on the 10,000 pitches podcast, which you haven't subscribed to. I highly recommend it's myself and Dominic Jose Bazonio, but I talked Dominic into declaring Louis Samaria, a quote unquote, oopsie transfer. Just, uh, I wrote him off as a potential impact player for the squad, but he's put together a handful of great performances in a row for Minnesota he was even very even in the one-one draw with Kansas City. He was still active, making runs. Got called offside a couple of times, but what's been the difference for Amaria is he has really taken the initiative to try to make things happen. Early in the season, he's really just standing there with his back to goal, you know, really looking to feed and sort of cherry pick a little bit. Hope, hopefully, somebody finds a pass, finds him on a pass, and he's able to turn and shoot. Now, over this last handful of matches, we've seen him change the way he plays pretty much. He is making runs. He is actually getting outside the box and getting the ball and dribbling in. He is he is just he's in so many more areas of the pitch now, besides the middle of the box, that you see the difference in the way he plays and the impact he can make. He's shooting from outside the box now. He is, you know, making near post and far post runs, making himself available for crosses. It's just, it's really great to see him sort of make that adjustment in the way he plays a necessary adjustment to make sure he can contribute in the way that Minnesota United needs him to contribute tonight two assists, six shots, two on target. I mean, that, that activity has picked up significantly and that has been another huge reason why he has, uh, you know, Minnesota United is, is, is on this run of run of wins and run of results that they are is because Amaria has really picked up his performance. Um, for my money, he, uh, you know, tonight was easily his best performance in a Loon's uniform, maybe outside of those two pre-COVID matches in 2020, because he really started off really, really hot for Minnesota, specifically in that San Jose match right before COVID. Um, but definitely in that, in that post COVID, you know, 2020 MLS is back tournament and beyond type tenure. Um, he has, um, the tonight was his, his best performance. For sure. I thought he was absolutely awesome for Minnesota. So those are my three things. If you guys have any more takeaways from the match tonight, feel free to drop those in. Quite a few questions or comments. Blah. I was pretty despondent the entire month of May on the squad, but I'm fully bought in again. I do think it's important to mention the union election as well. Yes, that's actually something we haven't mentioned on Post Loons. Um, the, uh, the game day production team for Minnesota United um, is looking to unionize. They want Minnesota United to recognize them uh, as a union. Um, that obviously that makes a huge difference um, if the if the organization voluntarily recognizes them as a union. Uh, the team has not done so yet, 
but uh, they've gotten a lot of support from a lot of different places. They have this wear red campaign where, you know, they're asking supporters and people to wear red in support of their efforts. People have done that um, here on post loons and at soda soccer. We're very supportive of those efforts too. Um, hopefully they can get what they want. I think anybody um, you, you see the game day production. If you've been to Allianz field, you know how good that match day experience is, you know, from, from that production standpoint, they do an excellent job. And so they should be paid fairly. They should get good benefits. They should be in a, in a good work environment. So if, if all the, if all those boxes are not checked or, or even if one of those boxes isn't checked, obviously I think something needs to change. Right. So, um, you know, hopefully they get what they're, uh, what they're looking for there. Um, with that match day experience squad because um, they are very, very good at what they do. Absolutely. Um, CH dropping in. Uh, I think this is CH's first time dropping in on post loons with a question or comment, so we appreciate it. Um, my first thing, the whole team and even Heath circled the field after Wonderwall, and it was so nice for us fans. Yeah, so I obviously, have, obviously haven't been to Allianz Field yet this season. I'm doing these post loons broadcasts here from the house. Um, but I remember going to games in 2019 um, when, and even, even last year, a few games where, you know, if it's a big win, you know, the, everybody's going to circle and applaud the fans and, and do all that. And, you know, for Heath to do that specifically, obviously there's been a bit of a, a rift there between Heath and, and some of the, you know, the, the, the M and UFC Twitter, if you will. Um, so to see that and, and to know that that was happening tonight, I think that's uh, you know, obviously a positive sign moving forward for that relationship specifically, but also in the fans confidence in Heath, right. That he's the guy and he's, he can help this team moving forward. So um, yeah, great questions and comments. Feel free to keep dropping those in, but as you do that, I am going to shout out our friends over at Pence homes. Uh, Nate Pence is uh, somebody who is very heavily invested and ingrained in the Minnesota soccer community. He supports uh, local clubs like Minneapolis city he supports uh, Minnesota Aurora, um, and he's a supporter for Minnesota United as well. Um, he is just uh, somebody who has put his money where his mouth is, if you will, supporting um, not only Minneapolis City with sponsorship, not only Minnesota Aurora with some sponsorship as well, but also helping us who, you know, uh, entities who cover soccer here in Minnesota. Not only us at Soda Soccer, but they help out Equal Time Soccer as well. They do an excellent job covering the women's game. Their Aurora, their Aurora coverage has been second to none all season long. They're all, we're all supported. The one common denominator here is we're all supported by Nate Pence and Pence Holmes. Now, in addition to being a vital member of the Minnesota soccer community, Nate and his team are excellent realtors helping people buy and sell in the St. Paul and Minneapolis area. If you just check their website, penshomes.com, which you can see right there, you can see the hundreds and hundreds of reviews that they have. And some of those testimonials from people who have worked with Nate and worked with Pence Homes. It is a great experience, second to none if you work with them. So if you're looking to buy, if you're looking to sell, if you're looking to do both, and you're in St. Paul or Minneapolis, you need to hit up Nate and Pence Homes. Again, you can go to either penshomes.com or hit up Nate, N-A-T-E, directly, um, Nate at PenceHomes.com to shoot him an email directly if you want to have that conversation. Um, again, cannot thank Pence Homes enough for supporting what we do at Soda Soccer and here in the Post Loons Post Game Show. And if you want to support somebody who's supporting what we do, definitely hit up Pence Homes for uh, all, your, all your realtor needs if you're buying or selling. Uh, another comment in the chat. 
It is N.E. Big Blue. What's up, N.E.? Thank you for contributing. He says, Bongi needs a goal from where I stand in Wonderwall. I can see his eyes light up on that header. Heartbroken, he hasn't gotten one yet. My goodness, what is it going to take from Bangakuli Hongwane to actually get one in the back of the net? He has been so close so many times, and he has been he has been so close in different ways. Headers, um, back post runs, shots from inside the box, shots from outside the box. It's just, it doesn't seem, to, he's done everything but put the ball in the back of the net. It's crazy. He had multiple opportunities tonight. From that header that was cleared off the line, from that far post run, he was making that he was just a quarter step off, you know, uh, uh, behind from that cross from Lawrence. Um, it's coming for Bongi. It seems like every match he gets closer to actually making it happen. Every match he gets closer to finally getting that goal. When it happens, I hope it happens at home. I hope it happens at Allianz Field. Obviously, you'll take it anytime you can get it from Bongi, especially if it's in a big moment. But I hope it happens at home because that place is going to absolutely come, come unglued. If there was a roof on Allianz Field, it will blow. It would blow off uh, when Bangakuli Klangwane finally finds the back of the net. But here's my thought on this. I think we are heading toward a really dramatic opportunity for Bangi where he's going to actually get on the score sheet and open his account for Minnesota. I think we're heading towards some late July, early August, you know, Minnesota battling for one of those home playoff spots um, where the, you know, they, they get a few results between now and then. And actually the points per game stack up where maybe they're fifth or fourth in the West. And maybe just maybe Bongi finds a match winner in that, in that match. I think we're heading towards something that has to be what what happens. Because we've waited so long. We've been so patient. He's been so patient. There has to be a huge payoff for when this actually happens. It has to be in a big moment. It has to be at home, I feel like. So uh, hopefully that happens sooner rather than later. But yeah, Bangi just keeps knocking on the door. And I think that door is going to come down at some point. Um, again, any more questions or comments, feel free to drop those in the chat. As I sort of get into the big moments from the match tonight, and it all started in the third minute. Now, one of the big things I have me- I've mentioned numerous times about, you know, one of the biggest contributors to this turnaround for Minnesota. Obviously, Ray's form is otherworldly right now. But Fragapane and Amaria seem to have found this confidence and found this swagger that they've been able to take some of the pressure off Ray too, which I think has actually helped contribute to Ray's production that there's not as much pressure on him to make things happen on his own. Fragapane is back to being an absolute terror on the left-hand side of the pitch. I've already mentioned Luis Amaria's uptick in form and uptick in confidence. In the third minute, um, the the Fragapane, excuse me, streaking down the left side, sending in a nice low cross to Amaria, who's on the run. Amaria gets a foot on it, but not all of it, and it ends, ends up wide of goal. But that really was a tone setter for that in the third minute that you know, Fragapane and Amaria are continuing that aggression, continuing that front-footedness, continuing to make things happen in the attacking portion of the pitch. Seventh minute, Fragapane again, this time off a DC turnover, finds Reynoso in the middle, but the number 10 shot deflects over the bar for a corner. That was kind of your first glimpse at the impact Reynoso would have on the night. Um, in the 11th minute, it's DC on the attack. Smith is in the box with the ball, but DJ Taylor with a great 1v1 defensive effort to cut off the chance. Send the ball out for a corner. Just another 
A-plus performance from DJ Taylor tonight. Really giving Minnesota United and Adrian Heath something to, th- something to think about with this addition of Alan Benitez. Um, I don't think that it's necessarily going to be surefire Benitez starts because uh, just another great performance. My mother-in-law actually has been not as bullish on DJ Taylor as I have been. We're actually at a family birthday party today and we were talking about it a little bit and she goes, he's been good, but I just, I just don't know. Well, she texted me during the match tonight. She was there. She's a, she's a season ticket holder for the loons. Let me find this exact text that my mother-in-law sent me after being a little critical of DJ, not being as high on him as I was sort of teasing me for being as high on DJ Taylor as I was. Um, she says, I got to say, DJ's heroics tonight. Wow. Starry eyed face. He is turning heads. He is turning people's opinion about him. He is making things happen. He is making people notice what he is doing from that right back position. Now, I think that, uh, you know, Benitez coming in, I don't think it's surefire that Benitez gets that right back slot. I think he'll get an opportunity, but if he doesn't perform to a certain level, I think it's very easy for Adrian Heath and co to go back to DJ as you're starting right back. Uh, 13th minute. This is where you get the goal. It's the first goal. Amaria just karate kicks. Just yeah. Karate kicks a really nice pass to Reynoso in the box. Uh, Reynoso finishes brilliantly with the outside of his boot. One nil loons. Luis, the karate kid, Amaria with that pass. And then a really nice shot from Reynoso puts the loons up one nil. Um, just it's been good to see Minnesota United get up early in matches. First 10, first 15 minutes, that first goal just really, really sets the tone. Especially when you're able to do it early and you're able to do it you know, with, with quality. Um, that really does set the tone. And this is, I think, the third time during this, last, during this run that they have gone up in the first you know, 14, 15 minutes uh, of a match. Uh, 19th, this was the one, I guess, negative from the match. Will Trapp hits the deck for the second time, this time pulling up after sending a pass in the midfield. He does walk off, but it seems like he's limping a little bit. And Andy Grader from the Pioneer Press did post an update on this, saying that it is a hamstring issue. I guess Adrian Heath confirmed this in the post game that it is a hamstring issue for Will Trapp. Um, and his quote, um, I'm paraphrasing a little bit because I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but his quote during the post game show was, "It doesn't look very good for us right now, in terms of Will Trapp's, uh, you know, potentially the sever- severity of the injury." and uh, you know how long Trap could be out. So that is something to watch out for because Kervin Ariaga, he's, you know, two to, he's in that two to four weeks. I believe this is the second week of that two to four-week timeline. Now you're potentially losing Will Trap for an extended period of time. We saw Robin Lud and Joseph Rosales paired together for a majority of the match. Tonight, that might have to be your starting center back or center back, your starting defensive midfield pairing moving forward. It's not ideal, but we don't know what we're going to get from that defensive midfield pairing either, right? So I'm not necessarily uh, make any assumptions on the quality or inequality or lack thereof we'll find from that pairing, but it does look like that might be it for Minnesota United. Or maybe Alon Benitez can come in and play defensive midfield. Who knows? Um, but it looks like Will Trap is down, and and I don't know where we're going to get Kervin Ariaga back. So that's your starting center back pairing, or center back. I don't know why I keep saying that. You're starting defensive midfield pairing 
Um, and it looks like both of them are at least going to be out for a, a short period of time. So um, something to watch out for and something to keep an eye on for Minnesota United moving forward. But it is a hamstring for Will Trapp. And uh, Adrian Heath mentioned on the postgame show that the prognosis does not look good. Uh, 24th minute, Kamar Lawrence continuing his overlapping attacking pressure. He was relentless tonight. This time sending in an extremely inviting low cross right to the center of the six-yard box, but it's just out of reach and cleared away. 33rd minute, Loon's again applying pressure from the left as Amaria's centering pass for Lud is deflected. And oncoming Reynosa lets it fire one time from outside the box. He gets all of it, but it is wide. 39th, Amaria fires a shot that appears to deflect off the arm of a DC defender. That's Brendan Hines Ike, who would deflect it off of, but no call. Um, I didn't really see this in real time as anything that warranted a penalty, but Kendra de St. Aubin was right on it. She said, they need to look at this. They need to look at this. This could be a, this could be a penalty. This could be a handball. And the replay showed it pretty clearly that his arm was not in a natural position when that ball comes off of it probably should have been a penalty, but alas, it's not. Um, because I mean, they, they went to VAR too. That's another thing to note. They went to VAR to look at this. And somehow the call remains the same, that it was not a handball. So interesting way to end the half there. Uh, but as we go to the second half, you know, it's 1-0 at the break. You're definitely feeling like you should have more goals, um, considering the way that, not even really from the way that Minnesota was playing. Obviously, Minnesota was playing well, but D.C. was offering nothing. Absolutely nothing from D.C. in the first half. And that was a common theme for the rest of the match. We'll get into some of the stats in their XG or lack thereof, uh, but it was just a really, really listless performance from an obviously depleted and disinterested D.C. United team. Uh, 47th minute, so close for Bongi. Off a quick restart, Fragapane chases down a ball, destined for a goal kick, sends it over the top, across the Longwane. Longwane gets ahead to it. He beats the keeper, but it's cleared off the line by a D.C. defender. I did not get to see who the who the defender exactly was. Uh, but cleared off the line. Just add that to the list of crazy ways that Bongi has not scored <laughs> this season. Uh, 50th minute, this is where you get the second goal. It's Reynoso again, and it's the magic combination again. Amaria to Reynoso. Two goals on the night for Reynoso. Two assists on the night for Amaria. The second of each for both here. Amaria cuts in the left side of the box, finds a running Reynoso at the right time. Ray doesn't really get all of this, but it doesn't matter. It's a tap-in anyways. Seven goals in seven matches for the Argentine. Um, his third brace in seven matches as well. Um, just, just really, really good stuff from Ray. Uh, 68th, again, it's Lawrence on the left, sending in a beautiful low cross to the far post. And again, it's Bongi just a whisker away from putting it in the back of the net. Now, I will say, it was, it was, it was Bongi's effort to stay on side that was the reason he was just a quarter step late to this ball. Uh, he's reading the back line. You can see it on the replay. Uh, Kendra mentioned it on the, on the broadcast too. If he goes full out on this run, he might be able to stay on side and get away with it. But what he's doing is he's trying to stay on side to make sure he's not called off. And that was the biggest reason why he was just slightly late to that good ball from Lawrence in the 68th there. Uh, 82nd. And, and that was really, that's the, the last sort of um, big play that I have to, Mention here, but should mention a few of the subs that happened late on. 82nd, Ja'Cory Hayes and O'Neill Fisher on for Amari and Fragapane. And then in the 90th, we got the uh, we got the curtain call there for Reynoso coming off the pitch. 
Um, Abu Dhanladi comes on for him and Reynosa comes off to a standing ovation, 19,000 appreciating what the Argentine is able to do for Minnesota. And that was it. That's how we got to that two nil Minnesota United win over DC. Any more questions or comments in the chat, feel free to drop those in. Uh, Justin Bergman back. He says, do we think we will still, uh, Miller will still be with the team through this transfer window? That is a really good question. I don't think he should be. And that's nothing against Tyler Miller. I think you can get something for him. And I think you, when you have both Fred Emmings and Eric Dick, you know, ready to be a backup. Um, I think, I, I think that he's somebody of value, somebody that would command some Garber bucks in the transfer window. Um, and yeah, I think maybe he's, uh, he, he, but I don't know if he will be, I think he should. I don't know if he will be gone, but that's something that really hasn't been talked about. Justin, great question. Uh, and then Jake chiming in. Jake says, Reynoso getting his family here had to make a huge impact on his play. Yeah. I mean, it was really that moment, right? He was complaining about that early in the season, mentioning it, it really um, weighed on him, not having his family here, having his family so far away. And then the first match, his family is here. You know, he's taking them through sort of the walk-in when the fans are standing there during the player entrance you can see how happy he was. And that was really the moment where we saw the switch in Reynoso's play, that switch in quality. Um, and, and yeah, that's a great point, Jake. That's something I'd honestly forgotten about. Um, and I think that really might've been the, the main contributing factor to what we're seeing now from Reynoso is just getting his family here and having that, having that core of people here that he cares about and that care about him. And, and yeah, I mean, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And then Dave says, with Will injured, that's totally going to hurt our defensive midfield. Yeah. You're, you're thin. You're going to be thin in the defensive midfield. And maybe that changes um, how you prioritize your transfer window here. I mean, the word is they've been going after a, cu a couple potential strikers, but with, you know, Kervin Ariaga out for potentially a few more weeks and, who knows what's going to happen with Will Trap? Maybe you go after a defensive midfielder. I think you should. I thought I was under. The, I was of the opinion that you should, anyways. That you should prioritize defensive midfield in this transfer window. Try to get somebody to go alongside Kervin Ariaga. No offense to Will Trap, but I, I thought maybe he was the one that maybe you could um, maybe get a younger piece um, and somebody with a maybe higher ceiling for the future um, in place of. But yeah, that's almost now a necessity. You're almost required now to do that, dependent on how long Will Trap is actually going to be out. Um, but yeah, I think I think this 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 changes the way you view the rest of this transfer window if you're Adrian Heath at Minnesota United, or at least it should, in my opinion. All right, keep those questions and comments coming in. I'm loving all of the uh, interaction tonight. But while you do that. Going to shout out our friends over at Night Street Soccer and Coffee. You can find them at 801 South Night Street in Minneapolis. You can find them online. Let me get the pointing right. Level right. There you go. NightStreetMPLS.com. And you can find them on Twitter and Instagram at NightStreetMPLS, just like the URL. Night and Street both spelled out. Now, this is Night Street Soccer and Coffee. And you get both of those things. You get some soccer. If you want to play soccer, if you're interested in getting a pickup game in, but you want to do so in a place where you know it's not going to get rained out. You know it's not going to be a million degrees. It's inside in a temperature-controlled environment on a quality pitch. Um, you, can get that, you can get that pickup game in. They have affordable weekly pickup going on all the time. 
They have women's only pickup. They have 40 plus pickup as well. Different pickup options, depending on where you're at. Um, so go check that out at nightstreetmpls.com. If you're a fan of soccer, guess what? You can go hang out in the coffee shop at night street soccer and coffee and watch soccer on the TVs. They have soccer on all the time when it's on, when it's available. Um, that Minnesota United watch parties going on for road matches throughout the year. Um, over the course of the summer, they had watch parties for Minneapolis city as well. Um, just another organization that's really ingrained in the local Minnesota soccer community. They've been out at Minnesota Aurora matches on, you know, speaking of a million degrees, a couple of those Aurora matches this year were absolute scorchers. Tomorrow is going to be another absolute scorcher for the playoff semifinals. You know, who's going to be there. Ninth Street MPLS, Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. They're going to have a little kiosk there with their uh, with their cold brews, some of their cold drinks. So go and check them out. And if you could, if you could, if you if you're going to the Aurora match tomorrow, I I ask you please go to the Ninth Street tent and let them know that you heard their shout out on Post Loons from Soda Soccer. Uh, that would mean the world to us just to know that you're listening and 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 to let them know that that you heard them from us. Um, but yeah, Ninth Street's just a great spot. They're a great group of guys um, that's really heavily invested and involved in helping grow the game here in and around the Twin Cities. They're very conveniently, they're very conveniently, wow, easy for me to say, very conveniently located too. 801 South 9th Street is in Northeast Minneapolis. So whether you're coming from where I'm coming from, the Eastern Burbs, or maybe you're coming from St. Paul, or maybe you're coming from the West Burbs, maybe you're coming from anywhere in or around the Metro, doesn't matter. Very centrally located there in Northeast Minneapolis are Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. So go check them out. NinthStreetMPLS.com, Twitter and Instagram at NinthStreetMPLS, or just stop by and see them. 801 South Ninth Street in Minneapolis. Cannot thank our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee enough for helping us out with Post Loons and SodaSoccer.com. All right. So let's get into some of these stats because, I mean, we know this from the eye test. This is a dominant, dominant performance for Minnesota. But just how dominant? Overall shots, 17 to 4 in favor of the Loons. Shots on target, 6 to nil. That's right. DC United, four shots, none on target. No saves required from Dane St. Clair tonight. While Minnesota United had 17 total shots and six on target. Um, 10 of those shots for Minnesota were inside the box. So that shows you how well they were doing in the attack, getting in those high percentage scoring opportunities, high percentage scoring areas. Um, five block shots for the Loons. So their defense definitely stepped it up again tonight after having arguably their worst performance of the season against Sporting KC. The thing that really also shows how, how much DC United was on the back foot and how much Minnesota United was on the front foot, 24 clearances for D.C. tonight. They faced six shots on target, and they still ended up having to clear out 24 <laughs> balls from the box. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty relentless pressure for Minnesota United tonight. And that XG, 1.39 for Minnesota. I don't think I've ever seen an XG this low for a 90-minute match, 0.16 for D.C. 0.16 XG for D.C. United. Pretty incredible in the worst way (laughs) for D.C. there. Pretty unbelievable 
that you can have an XG that low. Um, feel free to keep dropping those questions and comments in on YouTube. We do post a, uh, we do put out a post at the end of every single Minnesota United match asking for, you know, kind of full-time thoughts, what people are thinking after the match. So we're going to get into some of these Twitter comments and Twitter questions as well. Um, if you want to leave, again, if you want to leave another question or comment in the chat here on YouTube, feel free to do that. We're going to go get into some of these Twitter comments right now. Uh, kicking things off with Jamhawk. Jamhawk says, Amaria assists more than he scores. I'm okay with that. We just need more Reynoso. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's assisting and who's scoring. And when you, when you think about it, it's usually, it usually is the number 10 assisting the striker, right? It would be Reynoso assisting Amaria. That's kind of what we were thinking when Amaria came back this year, that he would be a good target for Reynoso. But it's really been the other way around. And that's okay. And I think that's a big credit to Amaria sort of changing his game to make that impact. Um, only Puns CEO, love that name on Twitter, uh, says, good to see the Loons be the first to the ball and create space to operate tonight. DC generously provided us that space as well. Um, SKC pressured them and uh, was the first to the ball all game on Wednesday. A comfortable, convincing win. Nice to have one of those. Yes, I completely agree. Only puns CEO. One of our favorites, PA Loon, says could slash should have been more. Um, offense finally clicking over a long stretch. DJ Taylor deserves credit for some quality work on defense. Yes, yes, and yes. I agree on all accounts. Um, and speaking of clicking, you know, when Amaria was on the squad in 2020 and we started to hear these rumors of Emmanuel Reynoso coming in, we started to think and contemplate what that combination would be like. Oh, man, Amanda Reynoso, Luis Amaria. When these two get on the pitch together, man, it's going to be magic. They're just going to be clicking on all cylinders. We never got that. It took two years for us to finally see that combination of Amaria and Reynoso really clicking together in a big way. We had to be very, 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 very patient. But we finally got it. It's finally happening. And it's absolutely beautiful to see. Um, and then finally, MPLS Cheesehead. So kind of DC to go easy on our tired legs. We needed it. Easy home three points. Yeah, when you're in this sort of condensed stretch that uh, our uh, good friend Jacob Schneider from SodaSoccer.com wrote about this week. And you can check out that piece over on SodaSoccer.com how uh, this condensed stretch was affecting the loons um, matches like these where it's kind of a walkover. Um, they're, they're really nice to have. <laughs> I'll just say that they're really nice to have. And it, it, uh, it really does make a difference in how you approach the rest of the schedule moving forward. Um, speaking of moving forward, let's move forward with another question. Uh, Blah says thoughts on the Everton friendly. I'm so excited for this. Um, anybody who knows me knows I'm an Everton supporter. I love the Toffees. It's been a very tumultuous offseason, to say the least, for them. Um, but just to have them here in Minnesota and be able to see that live and see Frank Lampard and see this, this squad, um, I am I am absolutely stoked. It'll be nice to actually go to Allianz Field this season, <laughs> too. That's one of the big reasons I'm excited to actually get to go to Allianz. Um, so super stoked for that. Um, yeah, it's just going to be awesome. I mean, I don't have any you know, tactical analysis or anything like that. It's just going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Um, the episode of uh, Sound of the Loons this week, 
have to imagine imagine is going to be Everton related. Maybe we get Frank Lampard and Adrian Heath sort of shooting the shit on a podcast. That would be awesome. Evidently, Frank Lampard, or evidently, not Frank Lampard. Evidently, uh, Adrian Heath and Wayne Rooney had a few glasses of wine last night. Something about Adrian Heath and having glasses of wine with other MLS coaches. Um, but yeah, Wayne Rooney was in the house getting to see, um, you know, the fact that he really needs to build something from the ground up here in DC. Um, so, all, you know, more power to him. All the best to him trying to build back up that DC United uh, squad because it's obviously not going well as we saw tonight. All right. So what's coming up for Minnesota? Well, you get the Everton friendly on Wednesday and then you're back at it at Houston next Saturday, July 23rd. Um, looking at the standings, which I don't have in front of me. I had them in front of me. I don't have them in front of me anymore. MLS Western conference standings. On points right now, Minnesota United is third, but they do have a game in hand on both Nashville and RSL. Both those teams have yet to play this weekend. Um, Nashville will play tomorrow, hosting LAFC. And then Real Salt Lake will also play tomorrow, hosting Sporting Kansas City. So two opportunities for those teams to sort of leap Minnesota in the standings. I believe in points per game, Minnesota currently stands sixth in the West, where they're third on actual points. So um, that'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how Minnesota United, as as these teams sort of get to a point where they're playing uh, uh, the same amount of matches, where Minnesota United does end up in that pecking order. But Houston is another team that's ripe for the picking. 12th in the West, as it stands right now, only 22 points. This is another team that you can go in and and get some points off of. It's on the road. And I know Adrian Heath always says, anytime you get a point on the road, you'll be happy. Um, But considering that you didn't get all three against Kansas City, this might be your opportunity to counter counter that with three points on the road against Houston. Um, So that's kind of the way I'm viewing it. You didn't get all three against KC, so you should get all three at Houston next Saturday. But you get sort of the week off. Yes, you get the Everton friendly, but for all intents and purposes, it's a week off for these guys to rest and recoup. So you should have a uh, you know more full-strength squad. Maybe you get Ariaga back. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the official prognosis on Will Trap, although it doesn't look great according to Adrian Heath right now. Um, but on points, third in the West on July 16th, Did you ever think on June 16th that we would be having this conversation just a month later? No, I definitely didn't. I was in the camp of thinking that, okay, this team is just fighting for a playoff spot right now. This team is really just trying to keep their heads above water, stay within striking distance of the playoffs and hope for some results to go their way. Well, now 13 points in five matches later, you are right there. You are third in the West on points, six on points per game. You are clicking on all cylinders right now. There's no reason you shouldn't continue that same run of form at Houston next Saturday. All right, guys. Well, that will do it for Post Loons. Um, I really appreciate all the interaction once again. We had really good viewership once again tonight, so I really appreciate it. Um, if you haven't, please check out SodaSoccer.com. It's your new home for soccer coverage in the North. Great stories, not only on Minnesota United, but Minneapolis City, Minnesota Aurora as they get ready for their playoff semifinal tomorrow. Best of luck to Aurora. 
as uh, as they look to advance to the USLW League final. Um, if you're wanting to go to that match, 3 p.m. at TCO Stadium, um, go cheer on Aurora, just a, a great local t- community team doing great stuff. Um, and really putting Minnesota on the map in terms of women, women's soccer as well. There's been a lot of conversation about NWSL expansion this week. A lot of conversation about Minnesota proving itself as a great market for women's soccer. And that is all due to the efforts of Minnesota Aurora and the community owners. So hopefully they can get another big W tomorrow and advance that USLW League final and continue to sort of raise that national profile. Um, It's going to be a scorcher, though. So bring your water. Again, hit our friends over up over at Ninth Street. They're going to have a tent there selling some cold drinks. I believe they sold out at halftime of the last match. So you want to get in there early. Make sure you let them know that Jeremy from Post Loons and Soda Soccer sent you there as well. And um, we will be back for another edition of Post Loons, not on Wednesday. We won't have a Post Loons after the friendly. But next Saturday after the match against Dynamo, you can bet we'll be back for another edition of Post Loons. Thank you so much, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. If you're going to the Everton friendly on Wednesday, look for the tall guy with the terrible hair and the beard. Um, That is me and my wife checking in. Gotta love my wife. Says, okay, I'll let them know. She's not even going to the match, but that's okay. (laughs) Big thanks to everybody. Really appreciate it. Um, I just gotta put this on. The sexy man, but hands off, ladies. All right, that'll do it uh, for Post Loons this week. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, If you wanna support what we do, again, we do have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash Soda Soccer. Tiers start at just $3 a month um, if you wanna help support what we're doing. But enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the week. We'll be back next Saturday for another edition of Post Loons. See you guys.